Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Impact Investing Podcast. And this week, Tom, we're talking about AI, mm. artificial intelligence. I was, I'm glad you know what it stands for. That's about uh, it. I, I was that, struggling. I'm relying on you for the rest of it. Um, <laughs> and particularly how it's going to play out or how it potentially could play out in wealth management and how people invest their money, how more, people more manage. More predictions. More predictions, yeah. More, no, more so good at unfounded, it. baseless <laughs> forecasting. Um, before we get into that, Quick admin corner. Admin corner. Um, keep your questions coming in. We'll do a Q&A episode at some point soon. Uh, podcast at circa5000.com. Uh, like, subscribe, listen on Spotify, Apple, watch the videos on YouTube. And still, second week in a row, flying high in the South African podcast charts. Yeah. Um, thank you very much from our friends in South Africa. Yeah. There we go. No, not in any other charts, though. Nope, not this week. No, we're we're, <laughs> we're flitting all over the world for like random little spells. And, uh, good to be represented on the African continent. It'd be great to be in all these charts at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we have to do more work, though. I think. Okay, well, we'll leave it as is then. Um, okay, so uh, where do we want to start, Tom? Should we talk about? Um, yeah, talk background. a little bit about the, the, the background. I suppose, I suppose, why this is coming about now, isn't it? Is because you know that we've had the explosion recently of the large language models like chat GPT, the one that, you know, that, that we use has become a daily part of my life for my random thoughts and questions that I don't want to put into Google <laughs> is Bard. And the one that is the, is the Google, uh, large language model that has the most up-to-date, uh, data from Google. Um, whereas chat GPT is from the end of 2021. But I think the, when chat GPT came out, it's everyone's imagination off running. It was the, I think it was the first ever product that's got to 100 million active customers, or the fastest, sorry, to get to 100 million active customers. Um, and ever since it came out, there's been a new AI tool released off the back of it, it seems like every day. Mm-hmm. And a lot started to come out for financial services and wealth management. And it's just set everyone's mind racing as to what could be in wealth management. Yeah. And there's some you know clear ideas where it could impact and some other ideas that that, that could benefit customers. There could also be some problems for customers as well um, in the short term until things perhaps are regulated um, or a little bit more understood. And so the, the kind of the backdrop to as to why now this conversation is, is prevalent is because the, the the pace of change in relation to AI seems to be growing at an exponential rate and, it, and it's already beginning to impact the industry in which we operate. Yeah, and I think the wealth management industry, I mean, you can t- define it as you like. You know, it, it ranges, I think, for this conversation, it's everything from people trading on their own accounts mm. via a broker to people sat in a, an office with a financial advisor um, or wealth manager. Um, you know, that industry has traditionally mm. or historically been very slow in terms of adapting technology. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still, there's still elements of, the, of that industry that operate on pen, pen and paper, checkbooks, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and really what you've seen probably in the last, call it 10 to 15 years, yeah. is a digitalization mm. of the existing paper processes. That's yeah. been the, that's that's been the innovation in, mm. in the wealth industry is rather than sit with a person in a room and fill in a form or a questionnaire with a paper and pen, you now fill in the form on the internet. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's a little bit like, you know, what what 
the main innovation is something like the insurance market. Mm. You're basically still filling in the same form, yeah. but you're doing it online now, not not in paper and pen. And that's that's not really innovation. No. It's just it's just an adaption to people moving online. Yeah, you know you've seen that in the US. Then basically that has evolved into into what you industries turn robo advisors. Yeah, and up to now, you know that term's been a bit of a misleading term really because there's nothing robotic in there <laughs> and oftentimes the platforms that are described as a robo advisors aren't providing advice it's yeah. it's self selection so yeah. there's where it is advice is it's the same same process you're basically filling in a digitized form which then directs you into models that have been built mm. investment portfolios that have been been built by humans in the very traditional way mm. i you know someone sat down and thought about where money should be allocated mm. there's no technology involved in the delivery of those investment products um all the technology is in about sign up and then client reporting yep. being digitized yep. but again that's like a pdf version of the old paper report yep. so if if you think about the industry it's it's one that is it's there's been no real innovation yep. i would say mm. in terms of delivery of product yeah. technology you know it's all very basic yeah um and i think that the, the, the robo advice that obviously people do use robo advisors and do use digital investment products but at the at the high net worth end of wealth management it's exactly the same as it it was you know decades ago there's there's no Correct. technology technological advancement there at all i would say i mean yeah. some firms might be different to others but obviously we we came from that that part of the industry originally i imagine the experience of a customer today or when we were working there say 10 years ago was the same as 30 years ago was yeah, 40 years and, ago and i think what most people think of you know if if, some, if someone sits there and says right you know you've you've won the lottery you've inherited 5 million pound and you you've you've got now you know a, a top wealth manager sat there advising you mm. the end product that you're getting is not someone it's not a team of experts sat around going, how do we invest Tom McGillicuddy's money? You know, should we put 5% of it here? Should we put 10% of it here? It's basically, they do an assessment on you for mm. regulatory purposes to determine what risk level you want to take. And then they throw you into normally one of five model portfolios. Yeah, that are already built. Which are fixed. already built. Yeah. And you get, you you know, the, the questionnaire determines whether you're in models one to five. Yeah, That is the same, whether you have 500 quid to invest on a robo-advisor mm. Or largely, unless you ask for some special treatment. And you're a really big client. If you've got five million quid at a wealth yeah. manager, yeah. Th th that is the, it's the same process. Yeah. Yeah. The delivery method is different. Mm. The, the one with five million has a man in a suit sat with you. Yeah. The one with 500 quid is you on your laptop or yeah, your phone. Yeah. But that, that's, that's been the, the innovation though, hasn't it, I suppose, is that the main innovation over the past 10 years has been that someone with 500 quid can now get the same level of portfolio or inve you know investment strategy as someone with a few million quid. Correct. Yeah. And that's been the main innovation, which is great because it's opened up wealth management and proper portfolio management up to a much broader audience. The product's still the same. It's just broadened the, the audience. And I think, I, w I wonder, I mean, we've discussed this in the past, not on the, the podcast, and we obviously have got a lot of our, you know, friends working financial financial advice or wealth management. The It's interesting to see whether AI will actually change the desire that people who can afford it, i.e. they pass like an, an asset threshold, you know, let's say call it a million quid or 500 grand or 100 grand, whether it will change their desire to have a human being that they are talking to and they think is making the decisions or is there, is there 
is the conduit to the decisions that are made at the organization because this it seems still and we're at the very very early days of digital investment you know changes and and definitely ai there's still a comfort factor in that that yeah will it it's hard to say whether it will ever fully replace it. It may, it may augment it. It may help it. We'll come on to some of the areas where, where yeah. that maybe that may be uh, that may be utilised. But one of the reasons, that, you know, just as a thought, that wealth management hasn't changed in terms of you know the private banking, high net worth clients. Yes, this is a slow moving, archaic industry. But clients actually want the banker. They want the wealth manager. They want to speak to somebody. Well, they don't want it to be all digital. I'd say it's definitely it's a definitely a slower curve. But if you think about something like, say, the adoption of online banking. Mm. People wouldn't... The amount of things that people self-serve now on banking mm. through digital mm. platforms yeah, yeah, yeah. has changed Massively. rapidly. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of people wouldn't even log into an online bank because they didn't trust it mm. for a period of time. Then they wouldn't make any payments through it. Then they wouldn't give their bank details out. You know, now, now it's fairly common that most people's primary way of banking is through their phone yeah. regardless of age yeah and you know and the the fact is that there's fewer and fewer branches and actually when you go to those branches there's fewer and fewer reasons to actually speak mm. to anyone mm. um because even if you go into a branch they'll put you on an automated machine yeah <laughs> so if you actually think about how that has occurred that that thing where there was always like a people will need to go to their branch and mm. and and be see their trusted person from the local community to manage yeah. their money that has, that has changed definitely has changed and, and you know you wonder whether the next generation who inherit wealth these are people who are who have known nothing but yeah interacting online yes yeah. from the day they were born to the point where they don't actually like interacting you know, in real our, life our generation is we, we remember life before the internet yeah and we remember life after the internet yeah but the, the next generation of wealth there's going to be a good contingent mm-hmm. of them that Online isn't this new and untrusted thing no. or, you know, a, a process without a human involved mm. is actually their preferred way. Mm. They'd yeah. rather use the chatbot customer service than hang on hold and wait to speak to someone on the phone yeah. or queue up in person or, or phone yes. someone. So what what you then got to say is, can the industry move from digitizing the existing process, yeah. i.e., we we have a conversation with you. We determine your objectives and your risk profile, and we put your money into one of our pre-built portfolios. Mm-hmm. Which elements of that can be completely torn up and reframed, and be completely innovated on with AI? Mm-hmm. And can you make the outcomes better? Yeah. And can you make the experience better? Yeah, because that's what you could see with. I mean, to come on to some of the areas that it might it might actually have a role to play in wealth management. That advice, that actual advice could be improved by AI. You know, you could easily see it being better because still to this to this day, even if you've got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of money to invest, you are at the whims of that wealth manager. Yeah. At the whims of that individual. Yeah. Or what that firm thinks. Yeah. And it may not be the best thing for you to do. You're paying them for their advice and you're implementing what they suggest to a degree. Yeah, and, and also there's a there's there's a range in which they will happily service you. Mm. I.e. if you want to do something slightly odd yeah. but make a fully informed decision on doing something mm. slightly odd you're not going to find a wealth manager who's going to put their name on it, yeah. their, their advice to it so if you say I don't want one of your five portfolios I want all my money invested in frontier markets and my time horizons 40 years and yeah. da, da, da. there's not a solution for you in no, those they'd in advise those, against it they'd probably. advise against it yeah. and there's not a solution for you they can't accommodate yeah. that whereas if you had an AI model that had access to invest across all these things and you put your parameters in it could then guide you in a way to say mm. maybe you don't want to put you mm. know 
all your money in the Kuwaiti stock market or whatever it might be. Yeah. But you, you, you can then it can then be way more tailored to you and your objective yeah. and probably give you a greater understanding of yes. what that means in terms of, yeah. you know, and it can be more dynamic. If you think about most people's relationship with a wealth manager, if you're a big client, you might see someone two, three times a year. Mm. If you're a small client, you're lucky if you see them once a year. Yeah, you get something in the post maybe. And actually now, the, another thing that's happened is that face-to-face meeting is now often a Zoom call. Yeah. So a lot of the big wealth management companies, yeah. or a lot of the big banks have moved. If you're below a certain asset threshold, you don't even get to see the person in, yeah. in person. Yeah. What you do is you get to see them on a Zoom call. Yeah. Now, look at that scam that's happened with Martin Lewis this week. So for people who don't know, Martin Lewis's image on a video and voice on a video has been and has been yeah. used and they've generated him basically a scam him pitching an investment opportunity yeah. which wasn't real and it wasn't him saying it and it wasn't his voice it was generated For our international by international listeners martin lewis is a like financial services expert impartial expert in the yeah, uk he's a media guy who's all, who's always on the tv when it comes to financial yeah. matters so he's a trusted voice in the uk yeah. and someone's mocked up a, a version of him looked exactly like him looked exactly sounded like him. him sound exactly yeah. like him and they've 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 got him pitching a scam investment mm. yeah, so yeah. Now, the point is, is that technology, mm. you could have a situation where you effectively have Martin Lewis or name another person or name a you know centralized person. Why have a Zoom call with a junior wealth manager? Mm. Why not have the AI version of the world expert yeah. pitch you your investment, you know, yes. give you a review of your investment portfolio? You've seen, this ha- you've seen a similar kind of thing happening already in some of the early models that have been built off the chat GPT or, or Bard in the sense that there's a, there's a, there's a famous venture capital investor called Fred Wilson. Um, and someone is, he writes a, like a, a, a blog, it was weekly or it might be every more or less every day. And he's been doing that for 20 years. Someone's gone through all that blog, trained a, a model on it. And now you can get uh, in a VC early stage investing advice from Fred Wilson. So it's kind of what you're, basically saying there. Well, Martin Lewis has done it as well. Oh, yeah, so now the Money well, Saving yeah. Expert blog yeah. has, been has been turned into yeah. a chat model where you can ask it a question and based on the content yeah. of that blog, which has been going for however many years, it will provide you an yeah. answer. So if you say, you know, what's the best savings rate in the UK or how should I shop around for my gas bill or whatever, yeah, it will give you an answer yeah. back. This, this is the area that I think is has the most potential for for better, for broadening better customer outcomes, I think. Just as like the first generation of digital movement has made it so that anybody, no matter the wealth level, can get a proper portfolio for themselves. Here, no, the, the same people of those lower lower kind of investable wealth levels can get high quality advice from people that ordinarily you'd have had to have 5, 10, 15, 20 yeah. million to access. Yeah. I think that's the positive spin of what AI could do to financial advice, broaden it out the quality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's other obvious areas that you could talk about. I mean, you alluded to it there. Most customer services that you go through now are already heavily gated by some kind of chatbot. Yeah. That'll just be improved to the point where, you know, only in rare, rare cases do you need to speak to someone or chat to an individual. They'll yeah. be mostly handled by a chatbot. And then there's like, there's background services, you know, so you could see, I mean, if you think about portfolio management, a lot of portfolio manager managers already, you know, are using quant tools mm-hmm. and financial models that dictate what they do yep. already. AI is just going to improve the effectiveness and frequency of using that. So you could, in theory, get better returns outcomes, better risk models. As a consequence, you can deliver better financial outcomes to clients. That's already happening. It's just going to accelerate with more AI. Yeah, if you think about, like, if you think about 
the other other thing that's becoming more popular is a thing called direct indexing. Yeah. You know, so this is like where you basically you you create a bespoke set of rules of how your how you want your to build your investment portfolio. Like we talked touched on it a bit before there, but like there is a possibility with AI to give people truly bespoke one by one portfolios based on their own criteria and basically direct index for for everyone. Yeah. There's also you know there's a possibility as well where you know you think about stuff that's sort of emerging open banking is a fairly fairly established concept where yep. you can connect your bank and you can see details of other bank accounts in a centralized place mm-hmm. so you might be you know you might have like a, a budgeting app or you might have like a, a an aggregator tool where you can see all the balances of your accounts in one place the next step of that is already happening which is wealth open wealth management basically yep. where you can see all of your wealth accounts together mm-hmm. in one place the AI level on on top there for me is then that something that reacts to that information. So it's like a live assets and liabilities mm. um, ledger with coupled with objectives, your financial objectives mm-hmm. of what you want to hit and when, mm-hmm. and that the portfolio is is managed according to according to that. Yeah. So again, go back to the traditional way of doing it. You sit down with someone once a year and they say. Anything changed since last year? Still, still got these assets and liabilities. You still want to retire at this age, and blah blah blah. You know, but that's a once in a year check in. Mm. You know how people's circumstances, objectives change dramatically in a twelve or can do can yeah. change dramatically in a twelve month period. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that you should encourage over trading on accounts. Mm. You know, you shouldn't be meddling with stuff all the time. Yeah, but you could have a situation where. There's no need to have a human, and in fact, it can be more dynamic and more it's reactive, automated. Yeah. and it's automated. Yeah. It's more accurate, basically. Yeah. yeah, you can definitely see that. I mean, you can also see another big area that people have talked about is, I mean, we've talked about potential fraud problems. Yeah. You know, the Martin Lewis example, there's going to be a lot of that, yeah. I think, that regulators are going to have to react to um, much quicker than they normally do. Um, but then AI could definitely help with areas like fraud detection. Yeah. Um, looking at transactions, looking at patterns, um, looking at how people's accounts are being used. I mean, there's already some kind of systems that that do that or you know, already today. But again, it could just be massively enhanced by by AI tools. Um and so I think that the the general feeling right now when it comes to wealth management is that there's going to be a lot of positives. I yeah. think. I mean short term there's probably going to be some so frictional negatives. I think what's going to be interesting is let's go back to what we were saying at the start, which is this industry does not innovate. Right, mm. it doesn't there's, there's there's not been it doesn't disrupt itself on a continued basis. Mm. And in fact, if you look at the mega trends, you know even the biggest digital investing services in the US mm. still don't compete with the biggest no asset management wealth management they firms in the US. Same enough. in the UK, the biggest digital firms in the UK yeah small don't have the assets of the biggest yeah. traditional firms. If you look at Nutmeg versus say SJP St yeah. James Place, they're just yeah. they're just on two completely different scales. So. There's actually, it's still not even at the start line, the mm. traditional industry. Yeah. But I think where the, where the interesting thing with AI comes is if you're a, if you're a CEO of one of those businesses and you start looking at cost, mm-hmm. then you could you can get there. Mm-hmm. The other thing is how do you cater for the next generation that mm-hmm. don't see it as a, you know, if you give someone an AI robot who is in say the the 60s or 70s now, <laughs> they see that as the the poor man's alternative to a, a, a real person. Yeah, I'm not sure that the next generation will feel that. Will feel that. Yeah, and in fact, they'll be so used to it, and the technology will be so good that you might not even be able to tell. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some. There's the other thing is that the wealth management industry is being changed anyway. So mm. there's a report out yesterday from PwC, the big accountancy firm, that said that one in six 
wealth management companies will disappear completely by 2027. And that's either because there'll be consolidation, mm-hmm. i.e. they'll be bought up by someone else, or a lot of small wealth managers are in their 60s themselves. They mm-hmm. will retire, mm-hmm. and there's not necessarily a natural progression yeah. in, going on. Yeah. Um, and just that the ones that can't keep up with technolog- technology and innovation and and adapting to new clients will mm-hmm. just fall away because they won't be able to keep up. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on there anyway. Yeah. AI will probably accelerate it in areas. Um, but should we just talk, touch on yeah. some of the problems maybe? Or I think, well, I think the, 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 the other thing I was just going to say on that is, is like how AI is being looked at from like a, a soft, like a software engineering perspective at the, at the moment is you, there's the, the theory is you, you won't need to hire juniors anymore. Right. You have yeah. senior engineer you know, effective or a product manager, effectively someone who project manages the tech delivery, effectively setting the tasks to the AI and then reviewing those yeah. tasks. So you could see a situation where, to your point about cost reduction, just say 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 a wealth manager, random this is probably wrong wrong number you can correct, but can manage forty clients adequately, for example. It might mean that they can now do two hundred yeah. adequately. Because a lot is being taken care of. There's still some complex things that need a, a, a human interaction, but it'll just mean there's the need for less bankers, less less wealth managers. You know, you could make these firms even more profitable than they already are. And they're all very, very profitable, yeah. which is why they've not necessarily felt the need to disrupt themselves. Yeah. Because they're all high net margin businesses. Um, you know, and 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 they work. In terms yeah. of a PL, that most yeah. of them work. I think uh, in, in, the, in the problems, I mean, we talked to one about the, the fraud stuff, but for anyone who's been using these tools, use them carefully at the moment because there's a thing called hallucinations where they just make yeah. stuff up that looks very convincing. So, yeah. the, so you, 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 we've used them in the past for like, give us a stat on this, give us the shape of this market in terms of yeah. how big a market is, who's the participants. And it will just make up very convincing stats that don't exist. Yeah. And then you have to be careful because you could start parroting it, actual this falsehoods. Is, this is where, because these are language models, basically what, what they're trying to do all the time is predict the next word. Yeah. So if you've asked it a question, it will then basically draw on all of its data to go, mm-hmm. well, having been asked this, the next word in this answer will be this, the next word will be this. So that's where, especially with stuff like stats, mm-hmm. it can just it, it will put a number in there that it sounds about right, yeah. but it won't be based it, on anything. And, and you can't ask something like ChatGPT to give its reference because it doesn't do that. Yeah, it's yeah. a language model. It's not gone and read an academic study, cited something and put it in. Yeah. It's just guessing the next word. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is the trouble as well. It's like, if you've got, you know, so we don't fully understand some of the responses that these things mm. give. They're black box. I think in wealth, you need to, to, to bring in what they call explainable AI, which is mm. AI that you can fully understand how it works and you can fully understand when you put the input in, you get the output out and it's understood why. Yeah. Because it's a regulatory challenge at the end of the yeah. day. The reason why wealth management works the way it works in terms of formulaic into a model portfolio that's safe and we don't do anything weird and we don't overly bespoke stuff is regulatory. It's, the regulatory, it's, yeah. it's arse covering by yeah. the firms. In other words, if we if we give the set menu and yeah. everybody ends up somewhere on the set menu, we can't be accused of doing yeah. anything silly. Yeah. I think how do you operate that if there's a black box AI in the middle yeah. and it's it spits out something weird? Yeah. You know, who's who's providing the advice at that point? Is there a human who doesn't control the AI and is responsible for mm. having a license and they, you know, they control the pet robot? 
Yeah. Uh, sounds complicated. I mean, Taiwan, the, the financial regulator in Taiwan is the first now to be looking into how to regulate the robo-advice market and spe- specifically how to regulate the use of AI in, it, yeah. in um, giving advice. Yeah. Because what what the regulator needs to understand is what is how does this thing work? Mm. I.e., when you put the inputs in, how does it formulate the outputs mm. so that we can check that that is compliant with the regulation? Now, the Taiwanese robo market is small, much smaller than the US. I think it's even smaller than maybe the UK. Yeah. But it's growing very fast. That same PwC report that came out yesterday I mentioned before, that bit of the industry is not going away. In fact, it's mm. growing massively. So yeah. by 2027, we reckon there'll be six trillion dollars invested in robo platforms mm. globally mm-hmm. which it's about two point something now so mm. you know we're talking about a trebling of in a trebling of the of that industry yeah. in four years but also one that will also be layered with more technology more mm. ai because yeah. if you're already delivering a digital experience it's much easier to integrate more ai elements yeah than it is if you're delivering an in-person experience and you're trying to replace elements of it with AI. Yeah, and you you can just see. I mean, this, the the tools as they are at the moment are hallucinating responses to us based on inconsequential things that we're putting in there. But if it was involved in you know personal financial advice, you know portfolio management, you know it's, there's a lot more at stake there. Yeah. And at the current state of things with, I mean, Sam Altman is the CEO of um, OpenAI who built ChatGPT. There have been plenty of interviews with him recently where they've kind of openly admitted that they understand it to a point and yeah. they don't understand how some of the stuff it comes out with. Well, that's never going to fly with the financial services regulator. No. It, it seems to me that then, unless things improve rapidly on that front, financial services will probably be a laggard when it comes to adopting this because it's, it won't be deemed fully safe to do so. Yeah, and maybe it's, maybe it's something that for now ends up being a little bit like maybe how a copywriter or a or a... Or a you know, software developer might work with AI. Yeah. I, they might let it do the first draft yeah. or give it the outline. Yeah. They may, they may, it may, you know, you may be able to work with here are the parameters. Yeah. What would you suggest for this client? Yeah. Write me a report on it and then they edit it. You yeah. know, maybe that's the way. That's but, where it's good because, I mean, AI may or may not have written the outline of this podcast. We might, this may or may not be AI generated entirely. <laughs> yeah. How do we know? How, how, do the, how do the customers, how do the listeners know? How do I know you're real? There's no way. There's no way of finding out, I don't think. <laughs> right. Well, maybe we'll pick up AI <laughs> and, and hallucinations time. another time. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Um, but we'll leave it there, yeah. Thank Thanks you. for listening, everyone. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.